Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, that was good. Uh, so I just wanted to um, kind of explain a couple things and then we're going to jump in. Well, we have a few things we need to release, but uh, we're, Gabe and I had it on our hearts for intercession night and how powerful is it, right? The way that we've broken up our services that we happen to have intercession night just days before the election, that we didn't plan that, we didn't orchestrate that, that, that Yahweh went before us and he knew that we needed to be on our face tonight. So uh, it was specifically on Gabe and I's heart to be able to uh, facilitate intercession night. And uh, I really just want to start by, um, by thanking and honoring those who have gone before us. Uh, that there, has, there is an awakening that is happening uh, in our home over, over in being engaged and being aware and being and carrying that awareness. Uh, but we have not always been characterized by being engaged Americans. We have not always been characterized by being aware of what's going on. And so I really wanna thank our apostles for leading the way, for always setting the standard of what it looks like to be engaged. And then I also just wanted to thank Amber and Jason. They are not here tonight, which I know is, is breaking their hearts, but they are out of our family. They highly carry a heart for government. And uh, I just really wanted to thank them for how much they poured into us even this week and just how involved that they are, that they have, by the Spirit, they have led the way for me to awaken to some things. And um, I just felt like that was important to start that way. So we're going to talk about a couple things and just uh, explain why this matters. And I don't want our um, energy to change. Obviously, I'm... I'm we're going to be releasing some, but we're not teaching. We're just going to, hopefully I can get out what's in me and we're just going to release from that place and then we have some things planned. So uh, Gabe's going to start and then I'll, I'll finish. Okay, I thought she, I thought she had more. Um, she does. I'm super excited about tonight um, and, and really uh, feeling a like a light weight um it's heavy but it's light at the same time it's like uh i don't even i don't even know how to how to describe it maybe because i'm so passionate and excited about it that it's easy to carry the heaviness and so i just feel like um i just wanted to talk a little bit and and kind of recap over what's been happening the last couple of services this month overall the whole month of just and what the father has been doing in my heart with the um just awakening my heart in in a forefather mindset now that that um and that it's and it's bigger i've just really been just i mean ellen can probably help i'm there's a lot going on in my head in my heart and i'm gonna try to get it all out and um i just feel like the 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 bride is waking up that that it is t- that it, that we are wakening up to something bigger 
And when I mean bigger, I don't mean like in mass. I mean bigger as in time. And being able to see in time, being able to function and maneuver time in our bloodline, in our generations, where we are thinking big, where the church age is big, how many numbers do you have? How many people are going? What are you guys doing? How big was the event? How much money? You got all these things going on and you're thinking big, you're thinking mass. The body of Christ is thinking mass because that's what they think is effective. And maybe that was at one point, but the season is changing it to where we have to think big as in time, farther into, into, uh, into time and beyond ourselves. And I feel like we, I myself has been in a place of just being thinking immediately within my own family, thinking within the, the confines of me, the today, the Tassos, the Ruka, the baby, thinking today, how, what decisions am I making today? And I'm, you know, and it's good because I'm thinking, you know, before I was thinking, all right, I need to, uh, these are the standards in my home. These are the standards going to be for my sons as they grow into men. But I'm thinking in a way of just right now. I'm not thinking of their sons. I'm not thinking of their son's sons. I'm not thinking of their son's son's sons. Big. That's what I mean, big. In time. That the things that we are establishing now need to last. I, I was, as I was thinking about tonight, the Lord dropped into my heart the word treasure. And, and I know that sounds weird, but he said pirate treasure. And it sparked, an, it sparked the idea of, because I was trying to describe, how does this look? What's a practical example of what this looks like? And when you think of a treasure, if, we, if, if a pirate treasure that was hidden hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, okay? And someone finds it now, it is rich. They are rich. And the way this treasure, the way treasure works is the older it gets, the richer it gets. And this, th what has happened in our nation over the past years, because I've really been digging in with Ellen about what has happened to, to the body, what has happened to the men in our homes, to where it's acceptable, to where we aren't necessarily running it. I know that sounds, and I'm not trying to bash on men or whatever, but there was a culture shift in our nation at one point. Because if you think back in the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, men ran things. Men organized things. Men did things. And then there were wars after wars after wars where men were gone and women went to work and women tried to, women took over. But the, the men didn't come back. And, it, and the culture shift to where, where, we, where it changed to where it was acceptable that we didn't come back. And I just feel that this is just a really heavy, heavy place because it is time for the men to come back and take that place. Not that the women are doing a bad job, but that it, it's, it's the way it was originated. It's the way it was designed. And so when I think of treasure and the way things I, I just, I was thinking treasure and I thought, what is now? And I heard Happy Meal Foundations. Okay. Happy Meal Foundations that change the prizes in the Happy Meals change, whatever movies coming out, whatever fat is new, whatever looks good, whatever's in the Happy Meal makes you, it makes you happy right now. It solves right now. 
That and that's our foundation. That's and I feel like that's why our uh, that's why me personally, I've been thinking Happy Mill Foundation. I'm making a decision now for me and my sons. And that's it. That's as far as it goes. That's as far as it's gone for years in American culture. And I feel like it's time that it changes. We have to start thinking bigger in time. And I feel like the body is being awakened. It needs to be awakened to this new era, this new, this new way of thinking that, that doesn't compromise. It doesn't, that doesn't wave like Happy Meals do with every culture change, with every culture fad, with every movie, with ever anything. That whatever we set into stone now gets richer as time goes on. That it doesn't compromise. The value of treasure, practical treasure, isn't compromised. The older it gets, the richer it gets. It's not compromised. The value of it doesn't get diminished over time, no matter how many hands it gets passed into. No matter who found it first, hit it, found it, hit it, found it, no matter how many times, the value of it is rich and it doesn't compromise. And the, and the farther it gets, the bigger it gets in time, the richer it gets. And it's time for us to start setting standards and foundations in our homes that, that last time. That the things that I'm doing now for my sons, like I don't even see Tassos and Ruka now. I see them. But when I make a decision, I'm thinking, I, yeah, yeah. I see them, of course. But when I'm making a decision and a standard now, I'm thinking a hundred years from now, will this standard still be? And will it be richer? Will it be compromised? Will it waver? Will it have changed? Will it have been watered down? And it can't be. It can't be anymore. There's no other option. We can't do, we can't think that way anymore. We can't think Happy Mill foundations anymore. And they need to be strong. And they need to be structured to where it doesn't change. And so I just feel like that is just, it's just burning in me and it's waking up in me, which is, but it's, it, it's manageable though. It's super manageable. It's not heavy. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not overwhelming. It is not something because we all have our lives and it's all falling apart and it's hard and it's stressed out. And I, and I'm one that does that. I've come to a lot of you guys in this room. And I just, I just don't know what to do. And a lot of it's been recent, but when I was able to take this mindset it was, it seems big, yes. But when it changes in your heart, it is easy. Because now the things that you're doing isn't just right for right now. And so when I look at Tassos and I am disciplining him, or I'm teaching into him, it's not just I need to get it done because he's being bad and I just want it to be changed and I don't want to have to deal with it again. Like I want to literally get down face to face, eye to eye, because I see beyond him and beyond him and beyond him that what I'm teaching you right now needs to hold and it needs to get richer for your sons and for your sons. And so we have to start thinking that way when it comes to tonight and it comes to what's happening in our country, we have to start thinking bigger. We're voting. Sure, that's great. That's gonna be four years from now. But we have to think bigger than that. We have to start thinking beyond just that voting. What, are we, what changes are we making in our homes now? It was, I was listening to, uh, years ago, I was listening to a comedian, uh, Seinfeld. And he was talking about um, just it, the whole punchline is basically, people are dumb, so I'm going to make my own. 
meaning he's going to have kids. Jerry Seinfeld. And that hit me then. Like, that was funny. But it's like, that's what we do. We reproduce. We multiply. That's how we change things. We have to, we have to multiply. We have to reproduce. We have to grow. We have to see bigger, meaning in time, in the decisions that we're making now. So I felt like I could tie that into what does that have to do with what we're doing even on Tuesday? What does having that mindset have anything to do with, well, a church age, Missy spoke to it very well. A church age mentality is we just need Jesus to come back because there's nothing I can do. We mm -hmm. just, we are sacrificing our role at the feet of complacency because it's easier to be complacent than it is yep. to be engaged, educated, and to ascend and to deal with it in another yep. realm. It's giving up our seat and our ownership. Yes, that we have a role, that each person here is a father, is a mother, and is reproducing something. To generations, you guys. Either way. Either way, we are reproducing something. Yes. So are we going to actually engage the fullness of our power, even if it is a vote? You know how many people don't vote? And how that can change the direction of a whole election just by simply voting? And everyone thinks, or there's this... There is a huge deception in the church of they need to be separate. You're not allowed to talk about politics in church. You're not allowed to make a stand. You're not allowed that that is for out there and church is in here. And yet the church is laying down our very role Giving to up take government and take ownership back of our nation. Yep. That Yahweh is coming. Apostle Tanya spoke to it about the, the feast of Yahweh is coming to judge nations. Yep. And he is going to judge our nation, which means you need to have a voice. You need to have a role. His kingdom needs to be multiplied. And if we aren't being loud, we, we are the first ones that should be confrontational about these dynamics. The church should be the first yep. one to speak to the dynamics yep. that are going on in our world. We should be the loudest, not the quietest stuck in our pews, but be yep. loud in the context of multiplying his kingdom DNA. Yep. Whose fault is it? Megan spoke to it great today. Whose fault is it that we have lost our seat in government? Whose fault is that? Yep. We're complaining about God's not in the schools. Well, whose fault is that? Yep. Whose fault is it that we're laying down our role to be able to be tax exempt? Whose fault is that? Yep. That is our fault. That is our fault. If there is corruption in our government, that is our fault. I want to, I hope this doesn't shift the atmosphere too much, but it was really heavy on my heart to give a real world example of why does it matter who you elect to be president? Why does that matter? Because, right, we could think, just like he's saying, it's four years. We just put up with him for four years, and then somebody else is going to come in. Uh, we elected a president in the, in the early 70s. Uh, his name was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon put in, you guys know, this week, right, uh, President Trump put his third uh, judge in the Supreme Court, Amy Barrett. 
In the 70s, Richard Nixon put in four, four Supreme Court judges in the Supreme Court. That's the highest court. We all know this, right? That is the highest court in our nation. What laws that they set apply to the entire it's nation. Federal. <clears throat> Out of those, they, a, a case came before the Supreme Court. Roe versus Wade. We all know what that, that case is. That is the abortion case. That is the case that gave permission for abortion to be normal and to be legal and based on a woman's privacy. Up until that point, abortion was not normal. It was not legal. The only way you could abort is out of a, out of a woman's safety. And in a lot of states, you weren't even allowed to do that. That was in 73. It was not normal to abort. 50 years ago. He nominated four, four judges, four in his presidency. Out of those four, three of them voted for Roe versus Wade. If Richard Nixon had not gotten elected at that time, those three judges would not be in the Supreme Court. For the next 50 years. Someone else would have chosen three others and Roe versus Wade could have gone the other direction. Yep. Since 1973, I'm just, whether you agree or not, I'm just going to give you some statistics. Since 1973, 60 million babies have been aborted. Every year, more babies are aborted than all the soldiers that have, that have been lost in our entire history. Take in all, those, one year. all those wars, all the people that were lost, more World babies War are aborted. World War II, Civil War, all, all of them in one year, more babies are aborted. 16 million babies is 18% of our population now. 18% of our population if those that that's the percent that's how big that number is if we had elected someone else in i don't i think he was elected in 69 if we had elected someone else that could have gone a different direction and the rules could be different and now president trump put in amy barrett and there is, right, there is a possibility that Roe versus Wade could get overturned because of how many conservatives are on the Supreme Court. Six to three. It is, I say all of that to, to try to get our mind out of a personality. I don't like him, but I like him. I am annoyed about this. This doesn't serve my interests. This is, he is so not politically correct or whatever the, the reasonings that Americans can have for whether or not to elect someone, it matters. At that point, the Supreme Court made a decision that cost 60 million lives. That was a decision for nine people. Nine people came together and made that decision. That is still in place. <laughs> that is still in place and yes, and, and it has, that decision has completely changed the dynamics of politics in America. It completely changed uh, women's rights. It, it, not that, hear me, right? Women should have rights. That's not where I'm coming from. 
but it completely changed the landscape of America and it completely, it, it changed everything, that one decision. So think about now, what decisions are on the table? Do you know? Could your decision to not vote cost 60 million? Right, because it is the ripple effect. If one or the other gets elected and then they put in more Supreme judges, that could change. And of course, it's, in every, it's not just about the Supreme Court. But do you know what's on the line? Do we know what is going on? Why does it matter today? Because, him, because Trump putting in three, that's why then I voted for him because I trusted that his decision on the Supreme Courts was gonna be what I felt would be better. That's what I voted, that was my reason then was because of that. And that was enough for me, it was a lot, but that was enough then. Do we know now what we're up against? Do we know now what they're fighting for? What, what are the issues in our nation? Who is getting sacrificed because we are choosing to be complacent? And give up our seat. Who is laying their lives down because I'm getting quiet and I'm scared to confront and I don't want to post on Facebook and I don't want to piss my cousins off, so I'm just going to get quiet. Because we're okay with Happy Mill Foundations. Yes. Where it's like that decision in the 70s affected, it affected the earth. I mean, generation after generation after generation that was cut off because of that decision. So Politics. that is why it matters to be an engaged citizen. Politics. To know what's going on. They think bigger in time. That's how politics works. At one point, religion was law. Okay? How do you think Jesus was crucified? How do you think people were thrown into jail? Because the Sadducees are the ones that created that culture law. And, it, and then the Romans came in and then everything changed. Because they compromised. Because that foundation was compromised. Greeks came in. That foundation was compromised. For some. But we heard a couple of weeks ago about that there were Jews out there that stood and watched their families get slaughtered because that foundation was not a happy meal foundation. It was not watered down and it was not willing to compromise no matter what was the consequence. And we see fruit of that now today. And if we can start thinking in a forefather mindset, we will be that, those people a hundred years from now. They will say, D, Wilson, Remember her great, 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 great grandmother who established this family tradition, this family line. Great, great, great grandpa Tyler. I remember his name because he's the one that shifted the entire family dynamic a hundred right. years and ago. And went back to the original intent. And we have to be able to see that because we all in this room, all in this room right now have that authority. Yeah. Yes. Because you are creating bloodlines right now. Whether you accept it or not, you are creating bloodlines. Right. And we need to be able to make a stand and, and, and say, I am owning my bloodline because it is happening regardless of you accepting yeah. it or not. Yeah. Something Apostle Justin said, I don't know, years ago. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Indecisiveness is still a decision. 
So whether you decide or you say, I don't want to deal with it, not dealing with it is still a decision. And so whether we want to look at our bloodlines right now and say, I don't want to deal with that, or I don't want to accept that, or that's not me, or I'm, I'm barely really handling my life. Yeah, I'm really having a hard time with my life right now. You're, you're, you're going to be a forefather to something. But will they remember your name a hundred years from now? Will they know the direction and traditions and standards and expectations of what their family is a hundred years from now is because of me right now making a stand and saying, no more will I submit to Happy Meal Foundations. No more will I bend over and just let it happen. No more will I compromise. No more will I just waver with whatever fat is going on. That right now, in this moment, I'm deciding that I am now a father of my bloodline 200 years from now. And that the things that I established today are getting richer. They're going to get richer, stronger, not compromised, not watered down, but the other direction. Because that's how kingdom works. But I have to be able to activate myself and see farther, see bigger, beyond my immediate convenience right now. Which is why we have to be engaged because it is up to us to reform our nation. It is up to us to reform our communities, our government. That is up to the church. There is no one else that that's up to. Uh, recently, we reestablished our community night to being heaven awareness night, right? The reason I bring that up is because going from the church age to the new era in the church age it's this wrestling of oh god please help us please you know that that like pleading with him and try get as many people to pray and everybody needs to know about this and and rallying and like having to the more people maybe god will hear us or maybe he'll answer us if the right person prays at the right time with the right prayer then god will hear us and then he'll move right and now it's being so engaged in the in as a citizen and literally getting into the right frequency, getting into the right place of rest and getting into his heart and saying what he says about it. Not trying to plead with him to move, but actually to get myself quiet so I can hear what he's saying about it and declare that into the earth. That is what we are doing tonight. We are not pleading with him because we don't, that's, that is an old mindset to have to plead with him to move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He already did move. He's that moving. is the difference. He already did move. Yep. So I'm stepping into that move and speaking from that place about what I see. I'm not burying my head in the sand and ignoring the issue and pretending like I don't have something to do about it. But I am absolutely engaging the issue and educated and aware and, and, and watching all the dynamics so that I can take that entire education into his heart and see what he says about it and declare that onto the earth with that forefather mindset everything is at stake right because everything, everything matters everything <laughs> everything me talking to Tassos about fit throwing that is if he doesn't learn that now he won't teach his children his children won't learn this children's right. children you get what I'm saying like right. everything's at stake everything it's not, it's not okay for us to just be 
satisfied with just like half doing stuff or kind of doing it or I'm just going to do it enough so that it can just I could just say it's done. We everything's at stake. Everything is so important now and you have to think bigger. So now owning is easier because why? Because I have no other choice now. Right. There's no other option now. I have to own it. Yeah. If my entire hundred years of my bloodline is depending on me in this moment, I have no other choice. No other option. Mm-hmm. It's now or never. The problem is, is we think that it doesn't work or that intercession doesn't really do anything or that it's, like I said, like about the volume of prayers or how many or we're not engaging with the reality of our role in our seat and that we have a speaking place, that you have a position, that you're seated at the right hand of the Father, that you have a place and a, a position that he's given you to be able to speak to these things. Yep. And I'm not going to stand here and make Tassos do it. I'm not going to sit here and put my, put my seat and give up my seat so that Ruka has to deal with it. Because that's what's going to happen if we don't. If I don't, it's going to have to fall to them and they'll have to do it. And it's going right. to be harder. Right. Because what I'm multiplying now is what's going to multiply. Right. So they're so going to have to overcome right. my crap, right. deal with their own crap, and then take on more crap. <laughs> because I didn't right. do my crap now. Yep. Okay. So we're going to shift then into our new intercession. So if you will just stand. Um, I felt like we could start somewhere as a family just in case we didn't all come in an ascended place, which just means, right, there is a difference between praying from a place of panic and praying from a place of fear and freaking out to being already in his heart and being able to hear what he says to pray from that place. It's everything Apostle Tanya has been releasing about being in the right frequency and what frequency we carry. And and if we didn't come in, in that seat, we're going to get there together right now. Does that make sense? All right. So um, let's just close our eyes. Apostle Tanya and I were talking and she was highlighting or activating that there is a table with assignments on the table that are ready to be taken from us. That the more that we engage in the new era, the more that we recognize our role and that, that we have to choose to pick up an assignment. So we're just gonna do that as a family. So I just want you to start engaging in the spirit and just get your mind on him and get your mind activated in in Yahweh, in his heart. Yahweh, we thank you, Yeshua. We thank you that you made a way through the cross, that we have full access to our seat here and now because of the price that you did pay already. And we thank you that we can engage and enter into this level of your presence because of the price that you paid.
So I want you to just um, engage with a table in front of you that there is an assignment on that table for you. That you are seated with him, that you are at a table with him and he has a, a role specifically for each one here. So I just want you to pick up that assignment and see what he says. What is written on that card? What is written on that paper for you? What is he assigning you in your seat of authority? in the place that he has positioned you, what is he putting, what is he entrusting you to take care of? When he said that I sent you to take dominion of the earth, what assignment, what part of the blueprint, what part, what role do you have even this week, even just with this election, what role, what what is he asking you to contend for? We had it on our hearts to activate a few forefathers throughout the week this week. And uh, we're gonna call each of those specifically one at a time to be able to begin to, from that ascended place, begin to just intercede and unleash on what, what Yahweh has put on their heart. So Gabriel, why don't you start? Never mind, I got the order mixed up. <laughs> Derek, if you'll come up. <clears throat> this is absolutely a man that knows how to multiply sonship, multiply the kingdom, walks in integrity and honor, and he was on our heart to be able to, he's been pressing in all week and to be able to pray tonight. I come before you as a as a vessel, um, one that was made fearfully and strong, and, and even am, amongst life, I just speak to um, I speak to to some things that I've struggled with, some some stubbornness. Uh, I, I speak to complacencies. I speak to um, acceptance of just an existence. That these things plague our nation. That these things plague our very thought pattern. God, God has brought to me the that my attitude has become my problem, and I see that everywhere. I, I see that in, in this nation that. Oftentimes, we see a lack of courageousness nowadays. It's more rare than it ever was before. It was rare to begin with. But ultimately, courageousness is simply 
the attitude of facing things that are difficult, that are impossible, that no one does. And I, and I speak to those in places of, of authority. Attitude comes from our thought process. It comes from, from what we're taught. It comes from what we're told. And so I speak over, over those in power, those in, in positions, but not them specifically. There is a wave of giants gentle giants unaware maybe they haven't been told what they can do but that they were made their body was not made to break it wasn't made to go nine to five it wasn't built to simply supply food on a table to provide a house over a head but they were they were made and created as leaders these were not it wasn't just oh i'll just make this one do that And so I speak to those who don't want to risk it. Like, like what, why work so hard when there's so much around me that doesn't? And God brought to me, courage is contagious. And I speak contagious over this nation. I speak that as people move in front of themselves, as people step out scared, Scared is not a problem. David, when he stood before Goliath, you cannot tell me he wasn't scared to some degree. You can see things that are impossible in front of you. But I just speak courageousness. As one steps forward, his victory came in front of him in seconds. In seconds, his victory came. He just had to focus the ability to know his thought process. He remembered the things that he had overcome. He remembered the triumphs that he had come through. He remembered his father doesn't let him just sit by the wayside. And he made an action that created a wave of movement. After Goliath was down, the entire army pursued. They pursued to the gates. So once the victory happens. There is a level of work. But every one of those men that ran were scared to move before his action. And so I speak courageousness. I speak David's courageousness over the nation. I speak that people would, would just step out and do it. That you would just move regardless of your stubbornness. I know stubbornness is an idolatry. We've been taught that idolatry is known sin. Why do what we're doing? It's not working. And so I just, God, I pray that you would inspire, that you would, Lord, just meet men and individuals in, that are maybe not in leadership yet, but that there's leaders among us that are needing to move. And so, Father, I just speak to that, that attitude, that we would be able to move as we need to. In Yeshua's name. Just stay in this place for a minute. <clears throat> Just begin to press in. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your peace that moves 
it moves like thunder. A peace that shakes, that shatters foundations. A peace that doesn't make sense because peace shouldn't shatter, but your peace does. A peace so powerful that it will shake a man awake a stillness that will shake a generation free from something that has been for however long. And in that stillness, there's mysteries that are revealed. There are things that are created. There are things that are made whole. So Father, I thank you for that peace. I thank you for that peace. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are making forefathers out of fathers. That when you father God, that you father in wholeness and in fullness, and you don't settle for just a father, but that you push and you push and you push and you press out a forefather because forefathers are the ones that change the direction of cultures, that shift the direction of the world as we see it, that it's forefathers that are gonna be the ones that carry that bridge, that connect heaven to earth. That that is the mystery that will be revealed when this nation wakes up to that forefather mantleness, mantleship. That it's in that mindset that we will be again what we once were, what we were created to be, stewards of the earth. That we steward and we name things. We name animals and it is, and it's done. That we go walk around the garden and we name things and we steward what is ours. And forefathers will be that place of stewardship. Forefathers will be that place of mantleship that will shift this nation, that will shift nations and not stop at, and settle with just ours, but that it will echo so powerfully through peace that it will shatter things. It will shatter mindsets. It will shatter the way we raise our children it will shatter the way we foundationally think about money. It will shatter the way we foundationally think about family and relationship and church and principles and values and traditions and holidays. The way we speak, the way we think, the way we pray, the way we declare. Everything will change because it must. Because you don't settle for what is right now, but you see big beyond. You see in time. You see beyond and outside of time.
And so, Father, I pray that you would wake us up to that, that you would wake this nation up to that, that you would wake your sons up to that, and that we won't settle for just being good fathers, that we won't settle for just being good fathers, present fathers, that we won't settle for just doing enough because we think that's what is required of us. Father, that we will stop with that settling mindset. That you would break us out of that settled mindset. That's not what you created us to be. That's not what you have foundationally created us, the mystery of who we are. That we were created in your image and you don't settle. So why should we? So I speak reformation. I declare reformation in our homes because that's where it starts. I declare reformation into this place, into this city, into this region, into this state, into this country, into the world. Because I can, because that's who I am because I don't settle for just my home. I don't settle for just my sons. No more, no more. I declare no more. I proclaim no more. It's time to wake up, it's time to shift, it's time to move. Father, that we would see moving, not in the physical, but in the spiritual, and not immediately, but in long term, that's what movement looks like. Powerful movement doesn't look like movement at all in the moment, but it shifts time. So God, I speak that, I speak that, that is truth. I speak that truth and that we would line up, that we would line up to that, to what we were created to be, that we would stand up and be that. No more sitting down, no more walking away, no more giving up our seat. No more staying quiet. No more staying still out of shame or condemnation. No more staying quiet because of not being confident in who we were created to be. That we were created to be a voice that creates things. So we speak out of that uncreated place and we say no more. Logan, I'm gonna have you come up. 
this is a son that um, is reading on behalf of Jason. Uh, <clears throat> we had, Jason was on our heart and he was pressing in and he wasn't physically able to be here tonight. And uh, we felt so much synergy in having a son read on behalf of a forefather with <laughs> the, like the father of the region overseeing that and being part of that. So Logan's going to read what what was on Jason's heart uh, to pray tonight. Alright, so I'm going to have everybody stand up and look to that wall. Because um, we're just going to be shifting the atmosphere. Um, like, when we're shifting the atmosphere, we're not, this, it's, it's a baby step. Because just like Uncle Gabe said, it's not, it's not just going to be a snap of the finger and then you're going to be done and you're, whatever you want, want is just going to come to you. You have to make it happen. Just like in a game, you're, you have to make the plays, you have to make the tackles to keep this thing going. And you have to, you have like, you just have to keep it going and making sure that like the play is executed. So Uncle Jay wanted me to talk about abortion because the impact of the Supreme Court decision in the case of Roe versus Wade was gen was like generational. Since this landmark case, nearly 60 million lives have been aborted, canceled, and cut short. This loss is so much more than just killing an innocent little lives. It has been the result of major twisting of mindsets that are the result of complacency and short-sightedness. It is the result of a mindset that gives permission to not walk in a level of ownership over even the life that we produce and then turn around and choose to destroy it. It has been the easy way out of trying to get rid of taken ownership of just little things so I just ask Yahweh that you fully and completely have your hand and all up in this business we ask that you have your way in the courts of earth that would match and come into alignment with the courts of, of heaven as this process on the political front is walked out and as the case of Roe versus Wade is poten potentially overturned, we intercede on behalf of the courts and declare that they will match the courts of heaven. We, as the manif manifestation of the kingdom family and as ones who would boldly walk out what Yahweh has called us to, we will stand in, in place of reconciliation of what was lost as we walk our family and stand to influence the courts 
We will also in the bold place of being willing to be the answer. If a case like this is overturned, someone will have to stand in the gap for the lives that will need to be taken care of. And we intercede and interject now in the name of Yeshua and say that there is the answer and it is family. Uncle Jay wanted me to talk about coronavirus. It's been a pretty big deal. I'm pretty sure everybody knows about it. Um, as the false crown virus has swept across the world and thus swept over the minds and hearts and emotions of ev and decision-making process of every society, we have had to watch as certain freedoms and certain aspects of normal life are changed altered or in, taken or taken away completely there has been a major precedent i'm sorry president set in the responsive responses of the government leaders and bride of christ in the submission to false crown and a false threat has become not only okay and normal, but required and asserted. Yahweh, we ask that you speak boldly to us and through us as we respond and not react to this process. Yahweh, we give you permission in first, in us first to expose the complacency and submission to this or any other false crown. As the bride of Christ, place as the bride of Christ and as the government family we say that we will set our own precedent of submission to the kingdom of heaven and not false crown because we know and are familiar with the true crown we stand in our own lace and say boldly that we will also set the precedent that we will act accordingly as we rate as we rise up as kings and priests and lead others to the true crown. Identity crisis. There has been a major deterioration of self and family identity over generations that has allowed the normalization of things like homosexual, homosexual sexuality, pedophilia, gender changes and other things related to simply not knowing one's identity through through the lens of kingdom and the kingdom family Yahweh we stand in a place of interse intercession and interjection of this identity crisis that your children face today Yahweh, we stand boldly and say that we will be in a place of refuge for those suffering from lack of knowing and misunderstanding of the true identity as sons and daughters of you as we know first been first been the ones to go through that process of cutting and finding our tr finding our identity in you and only in you we intercede and interject on the trajectory that it, this is leading and leading to and the goal that the enemy has of separating us completely from under from our understandings or so ship and what will what that will manifest 
we interject in the course of the crisis and declare that the place that this place of intercession that we will walk as the living answer and manifestation of kingdom based identity and so ship as as you have put us through this first process the process first we will walk as the answer and the model the church versus the state our nation's our nation's founding fathers had broken away from the tyranny of great britain to found the great nation and implemented a separation from church and state a right to religious freedom this was a great thing as we as it allowed believers to freely practice their beliefs with the mandate without the mandate from national government saying what they can and cannot believe or practice. However, that has produced complacency in the bride of Christ and has allowed the body to become completely okay with whatever practices or beliefs their government would implement itself. It has caused the body to manifest a complete lack of ownership in affairs of our nation claiming the sal- that salvation we will will we will see us free from the government and corrupt and cor- sorry corporation sorry, in our nation that the body itself was largely responsible Yahweh we stand in the place of intercession for the bri- for your bride and for the body at large and say that we will walk in it and see standard this new standard that we intercede for for and declare will call for a marrying or church and state that there would be a governmental anointing and calling over your oral to rise up and become the state Yahweh that you that you have called pe- your people to not be separated from the state causing complacency and looking to sal- and looking to salvation as the escape but that you have called us to become your kingdom government on earth and carry out your will as it it as it, it is in heaven now Yahweh that you have called us to all in the new standard in which we are not separated from our nation's affairs and subject to the political decisions but we but that we have a strong hand your hand to interject in the outcome of our nation's affairs Yahweh we ask for your forgiveness and repent on behalf of the body for becoming complacent and for becoming separated from our very nation very own nation and we ask that you give us the guidance and strength to become this to become the state you guys can just stay facing the wall Yeshua we just thank you that you are our intercession That when all we had to look forward to was death, 
you came and you changed our outcome. So we just thank you, Father, that you are intercession. You are the perfect picture of intercession. And as the elder brother, as a forefather, there's a pattern that God is, God is, he is awakening us to a pattern of what forefathers do because forefathers actually by definition intercede. They change the outcome. When Moses said, let my people go, that was a declaration of independence. A forefather declared independence for a nation. And then you have the founding fathers who declared independence and it wasn't just them there was forefathers in the pulpits in the pews who would who would shout of freedom and the things that they articulated the things that they preached the things that they ministered from their places of influence became the things articulated in the declaration of independence and freedom And liberty isn't an American thing. It's a Yahweh thing. It's a kingdom thing. So why are we quiet about it? I just, as as we've been praying, the Lord was showing me when Moses said, let my people go, that original declaration of independence, the first declaration of independence known to mankind was Moses saying, let my people go. But the people were only set free from bondage. Can you imagine the forefathers of this country, of this great nation, the greatest modern declaration of independence known to man was written by forefathers. But that's just the first half. I feel, I feel a weight of like a, like a declaration of deliverance being imparted upon our nation. Like Yeshua came to intercede and he didn't just set you free, he delivered you. There's another wave of forefathers. Lord, we just ask you, God, just that impartation of that second wave of forefathers that our founding fathers laid the foundation and Moses laid the foundation before them and Yeshua is our true intercession. There's a pattern here. Let release, like Derek talked about, let the forefathers step forward in courage that it would open the floodgates of a wave of forefathers that would establish a declaration of deliverance over our nation. We've separated it because it's like freedom and liberty is an, an American construct and it's not. America is a byproduct of things in the kingdom. Our hunger to pursue the kingdom 
Seek ye first the kingdom. Our hunger to pursue the kingdom will amplify our voice in these areas that we need to declare deliverance. We were set free from tyranny. We were set free from from man-made rule. And we, we need to be delivered. It's almost like Yahweh is saying, where are the forefathers at? Because I have a declaration of deliverance. We just thank you, Father. Whatever you're activating tonight, we just thank you. And we embrace it. And there's no turning back. And we pray over the leaders during this time of election leading up to Tuesday that there are forefathers that you have set in place in dark times to speak deliverance over our great nation. You already set us free, but it's time for America to be delivered. Whose name? Whose name? Like Gabe said, like others have said, as we look back a hundred years from now, whose name as a forefather, as a founding member, whose name is going to be written on that declaration of deliverance? Whose name? Come on. Can you imagine a hundred years from now, the, the, the history books say that there was the original founding fathers and then there was a second wave of founding fathers that delivered a declaration of deliverance and these are their names and they're mostly people from the pews and the pulpits. Come on, do you believe it? God said, you're gonna make history. There's been so many prophetic words that God is, Yahweh is doing something that's never been seen before. <clears throat> Yahweh just, just wreck us. I can see the, the, the blank document, I can see it, and, and names are starting to appear on the top of the document, just like the Declaration of Independence. Lord, let us, let us be those names. Let kingdom heirs be a name on that declaration. It's so much more than just there's, there's parties that pander to the temporary and we've grown to a place in our nation where lots of people believe that the government is here to save us. And it was never intended to save you. Lord, we just, we declare that the, the places where the government has overreached, the places where it has tried to be unlimited, that you limit it back to where it should have been in the first place. forefathers said limited government and by the way the independence was not from Yahweh the independence was from being under the thumb of a government that was tyrannical I just 
feel like Yahweh is saying there was a declaration of independence over your nation, but there's a second half. There's a second piece. This great American experiment, that's not all of what it's about. There's a second, there's a second declaration to fulfill the destiny of our nation. We just pray, just let us be a part. Let us embrace what you're saying. Father, give us revelation of the full picture. Give us the, 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 the co-laboring of the, the cloud of witnesses and the saints and the governors and the tutors and the, the, the beings that you've given us wisdom and understanding. Let us understand what it is that we're living for. Let us understand the time that we're in as transitionaries that we've heard of. Let us understand it, Father, so that we can fulfill what you've called us to fulfill. Maybe it won't be our names on the document. Maybe it'll be the names of our sons and our daughters. Let us not undermine what you're trying to do here. We can say church and state all day long, but the the truth of it is, is that Yahweh has established a pattern of sending forefathers to intercede and to change an outcome. America could have been a nothing outcome, could have been nothing. But men interjected themselves and something was birthed. And I feel like the weight of what's happening tonight is he's wanting to to awaken us to that. There's a rebirth happening in our nation. And we have to safeguard that. Yeshua, I just, impartation, there's impartations that are just waiting to drop. And as you just set your mind on what Yahweh is saying and all of the intercession tonight, and as we move forward towards these elections, decisions are gonna be made and maybe Roe versus Wade does get overturned, but we have to be positioned and ready to respond for that declaration of deliverance. So Yahweh, just let these impartations for such a time as this, just let them drop. Let our mindset and our revelation and our our, our level of understanding converge with this moment right now. Whatever that assignment was that you saw on the table, partner that with the impartation that that Yahweh wants to give you right now. He is shifting us collectively. He's shifting us. He's shifting our posture to prepare us. And as you leave, don't leave the same that you came in. Yahweh, I just thank you that freedom and liberty and salvation and and, and independence was not the final thing. Just as we've been learning, salvation wasn't the end of the story. It was just the beginning. Independence and liberty from bondage is just the beginning. So there's another chapter for our nation and he's putting pens in the hands of forefathers and foremothers. He's putting a pen in your hand.
I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, I receive it. I receive it. As for me in this house, we receive it. feel like Ruach is just moving right now, just moving on hearts and just unlocking things, visions, dreams. There's things that have never made sense in your life that are going to start to make, they're, they're going to start to become very clear and make sense. Something is transpiring in these pews, in these pulpits, men's hearts are changing. Courage is being deposited, like Derek said. When one steps out and when that victory came, courage was deposited into hundreds of men. So Holy Spirit, we just, we just thank you. We just embrace what's happening right now. And I just wanna release you into Whatever, whatever, that, whatever that is that's transpiring right now, just to rest in that and embrace it. And for others that are, that are watching live, that we're in alignment, we're, we're of the same mind, we're of the same posture, maybe Yahweh's doing the same thing and shifting you or your ministry or whatever that is, we just... We just imp declare that impartation, that there's a declaration of deliverance coming and he needs founders. He needs forefathers and foremothers who are willing to endure, who are willing to be steadfast, to sign it, who are willing to stand on that vision just like Noah did with the ark. They're willing to say, my, my father told me this, Yahweh told me this, he gave me this directive and I'm going to die for this to be birthed. Just like during the Revolutionary War, America was an idea, yet men died for it. Come on, ignite, ignite a fire in people, a same type of fire, a resurgence of the same type of fire that took place prior to the Revolutionary War, where people would sit just like we are in the pews and the pulpits and they would shout freedom because they were freed. And so freedom became a standard. You become, you've become a standard bearer for freedom because Yeshua interceded for you. Come on, just break, just break. Just break, You're, you were headed for death and destruction and Yeshua was your intercession. How could we move forward as citizens of this great nation, being citizens of that kingdom and move forward and be silent about our freedom?
the people in the pews in the in the pulpits were the black robe regiment they got that name from the enemy because they were so well known for the victory that they had in the american revolution the british the enemy at that time said it was because of the people in the pews in the pulpits that held the standard of freedom that the victory was won the enemy said that. Are we going to be so known by our enemy because we refuse to let a standard fall? <sighs> Yahweh, man, just release the fire. Just release the fire of freedom that was in those pews, in those pulpits before the revolution came. There's a reason why we live in the greatest nation on earth because the way it came about mirrors the kingdom. It mirrors the declaration of independence when Moses said, let my people go. We talk about, we talk about abortion. Who's going to be the forefather that the Lord sets in place and says, let my children go. Come on. Lord, I don't know what to do. I imagine the people during that time, they didn't know what to do, but they were not going to let that standard of freedom hit the floor. I don't know what to do. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to bridge the gap from here to a, do, a, a, dec, a declaration of deliverance over our nation, a second founding document that we'll live under for the next 260 years or whatever it is. I don't know how to bridge that gap, but I do know if there's a light, if there's a fire and we're willing to die to protect it, then those things will happen. He'll show us what steps to take. Man, I haven't felt a, 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 something is breaking. Something is breaking in the spirit. It's breaking forth into the earth right now. Something that we've never seen is we're starting to see a glimpse of it. Something's beginning to be seen right now. And I don't know what it is, but I can hardly stand right now and I can hardly take it. But something from the unseen is beginning to be seen because we've positioned ourselves as a governmental family and he's opening our eyes and he's saying, you've matured to a place where I can just give you a glimpse of it. Before these men revolted, before they were revolutionaries, they were just rebels meeting in quiet, meeting in homes, talking about a glimpse of what America might be. America didn't create freedom. Freedom created America. <sighs> I don't... There was a rally today. This is what a rally looked like in the pews in the pulpits. My assignment said rally and mobilize. Rally and mobilize. It said, wake them up, son. Wake them up to my pattern of how forefathers intercede. Whew. 
There is nothing, there is nothing like looking into your future and seeing death and destruction and seeing your father coming to intercede on your behalf. Lord, just release whatever this glimpse is. Father, we we thank you for it. We steward it. We will steward it, Father. Whatever this oil is that we've never smelt before, whatever this glimpse is of this vision, this idea, you're giving us an idea, Father, that may sound crazy, a second declaration, a second founding document, a second wave of forefathers. What is it? I don't know. And it sounds crazy, but we embrace it, Father, just like that ark that was going to carry a, a family through to something a, a different a different terrain, a different geography. Our nation will literally look different. What is, what is this second declaration of deliverance going to say? I don't know, but I guarantee you it's going to talk about family. like Gabriel talked about. We have to think big. We have to think generationally. We have to think legacy-wise. The founding fathers set things in place so that some of the things that are trying to happen right now would not change the, the inherent character of our nation. There will be things that are safeguarded by that declaration of deliverance 200 years from now because it'll be established as a governing document. Yahweh's going to broaden our, our minds to wrap, to start to wrap our minds around this. Lord, shift our hearts, snap our hearts into alignment, snap our spirits into alignment, Father. What is this thing that we're, that we're building? What is the, what is the block that you signed your name to? <laughs> we've talked about the feast and how it's a rehearsal. We've been rehearsing. Yeshua, Yahweh had us get a block and sign our name on it. He's, he's having you rehearse signing your name on something permanent. Come on. Listen, Derek, you're a forefather, man. Your name's on there. Okay? I'm, I'm not picking and choosing. I'm not, I'm not, this, this is for everybody. It's going to say Tyler Whitinger on the Declaration of Deliverance. Marvin Hatcher, Missy Whitinger, Sally Tungmala, Gabriel Navarro, Tassos Navarro. 
brewer. Or maybe it'll just say sons and daughters. I don't know what we need to do to respond. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go and say Logan Whitinger on that. Come on. You got to make the plays. You got to make the tackles. Come on. Coaches. Coaches aren't going to, they're, they're, they're winning the games because they're discipling, but they're not actually playing the game. Lord, let us, let us understand it like children, what you're trying to say. We just thank you. We just thank you for the intercession that took place tonight. We thank you that there were plans and tactics and obstacles and challenges and strongholds and footholds and things that were blocking your will. And by you calling us to intercede, you are calling forefathers to interject and change outcomes. And so we thank you and we trust you and we believe and we have faith that there were outcomes that were going to take place, but for our intercession tonight. There were were men standing on the front line that maybe they weren't gonna step out, but the outcome is different now. Maybe Roe versus Wade would claim 50 million more lives if it wasn't for the intercession. Lord, we trust you that outcomes are being changed because you're training us and you're showing us your pattern of forefathers interceding and changing the outcome. We thank you, Father. And we pray over each and every politician that you've chosen as a vessel. Each and every political seat of authority and how they operate and how they work as a reflection of your kingdom. We thank you for those seats and we declare that those seats would not be abused any longer. There's been an abuse of power There's been that lack of integrity, that corruption, that people would value value money over this idea of freedom. And they would use their their power because of the, the place of freedom, because of the character of this nation. They would use those high places, those seats of power to take advantage. And Yahweh, you said in Isaiah 22, 22, that when somebody you've entrusted a community with, a people you've entrusted to one person and you've given him keys to a seat, when he takes advantage, you will expel him. And you will take the keys and give it to a trusted son, a prophetic voice, one who's going to go in and change the outcome. Lord, just there's keys. 
There's keys right now. And it's not about one man in power and one man being given keys. It's about forefathers, sons who are hungry after his voice and he will use you as a forefather and he will give you keys and he'll say, go into those places where they've been abused and I want you to go in and change the outcome. Lord, you're doing that. You're doing that this week. There are people who think they have a firm grip on a seat of authority and they've abused it for way too long and you're tired of it. Maybe you won't even make their seat of authority have any influence anymore. They can keep the seat because it has no influence and you're gonna raise up a forefather like a Derek Tungmala and give him all the influence from the seat that he currently has. Man, bind our, bind our family together. Bind us together like you never have before. Lord, I know you've bonded us together, but bind us together like you never have before to where we see a collective vision of something that you're trying to birth that nobody's ever heard of. Get hungry, get hungry, pursue him, hunger after him and hunger to connect with him. Because when you do that, he's gonna amplify your voice. It's like Ellen was talking about, it, we're not begging from a place of, can you just hurry up and get here so we don't have to endure it much longer. But we hunger after him in the midst of the chaos. We connect with him in the midst of the chaos. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of a rally in the front row. And it was the person with the, one of the most influential seats in your region, in your sphere of influence that took you from the back to the front and said, I wanna give you my seat. Can you imagine the people that have been abusing their seats? They don't even get kicked out. They say, you know what? Who are you? I don't even know who you are, but I see you're caring for the next generation. Let me walk you up to my seat and give it to you. Where I just see transaction. There's transactions that are, that are ordained for this time. So many prophetic insights that, the, that Yahweh has given us. So many, he's training us to the mysteries. Do we understand? It's not just about even just that mystery, but he's training us how to handle it. He says, here, I'll give you a mystery. As a father, I could give my son a bike. It's not about the bike. It's about the process of him learning how to ride a bike and falling and banging his knees up and getting up again. It's so much more than the mystery. Do we understand that? 
A father says, I'm going to give you this gift and I want you to learn how to wield it. I want you to learn how to handle it because I've got greater gifts in store for you. <laughs> and I feel like the father just laughs. He's such a good father. He's like, oh, you, you know, you're complaining that you, I gave you this bike and it's, it's not the color you wanted and it didn't taste like you wanted and it didn't look like you wanted. And he's like, well, that's okay. That's okay. But eventually we're going to have to learn that I'm trying to get you to learn how to handle this. Well, I don't, I like Christmas. Listen, son, I'm trying to get you to rehearse something because there's something greater that's going to take place that you have to be ready for. Yahweh, I just thank you. He, he wouldn't release this on us if we weren't ready for it. He would, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's, it's not like he's saying we've got it all figured out. But I know when, when Apostle Tanya goes and works out, I know that her personal trainer is watching her. And when she just feels like she's handling a certain amount of weight, the, the, her, her personal trainer will say, add 20 more pounds because it's that resistance that keeps you growing. So the father is so good. He's, he's, he's adding a little more resistance. He's giving us a glimpse because we've gotten to the point where we've handled what he's given us. What point would it be to go work out and lift 10 pound weights for the next five years? Yahweh, I just pray this is, this is hitting our children in their spirit. For the, the youthful ears that are in here, Lord, just hit them in their spirit. Lord, let them know, let the, give them a, just a conviction that even when they think their outcome is too overwhelming or it's too negative or it's too depressing, that Yeshua is your, is your intercession, that he came to change your, your outcome. I feel like we've heard about revolutionaries. We've, we've, we've heard about forerunners but we need to we need to shift now we need to shift our thinking that it's no longer about being a revolutionary it's about founding something it's about forefathering something not as opposed to forerunning and being a revolutionary Yahweh is shifting it are we are we ready to endure and be steadfast in everything that that means, whatever that means, you don't even have to know. Whatever it means, whatever it means to see a nation going from independence out of bondage and tyranny to deliverance into its fullness. America has a fullness and we are an integral part of that. Yahweh, we just, we just declare over our president and his family, over our vice president and his family and everybody down the line, Justice Amy Coney Barrett and her family, 
Lord, we just declare over these families, Father, that that have been attacked and will continue to be attacked. And they're constantly under the spotlight and they're scrutinized. And these people live this day in and day out for the sake of the future of this nation. And, And the church, generally speaking, has just been quiet in the corner, going about its holiness and its righteousness. And just, and we've let other people do it. Lord, we just pray for them. We just declare another four years of dismantling things that are not of you. And then another eight years after that. And more, more constitutional justices on the Supreme Court. And I say constitutional because that document mirrors the kingdom. It's not about the constitution. I'm not idolizing the government or the constitution. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not praising the constitution, but it's a byproduct of people in the pews and the pulpits. Do we understand? So we just say more, Lord. We just partner and we just step into a posture that, that, that you've ordained us to step into in this moment, tonight. New intercession. This, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this type of level of intercession or whatever this is, I've never felt it before. It's like Yahweh's, because of what he's calling us to, he's changing our outcome. Because if he hadn't called us, if he hadn't, if a son's going a certain direction and I say, Jalen, and it changes his direction. It's like Yahweh is, is he's, we think we're interceding and he's interceding because he's calling us in a different direction. If he hadn't have called us, if he hadn't have awakened us, we would have just gone down the same path, around the same cycle. So we, we thank you, Father, that we, we think we know things. We think we know because we've always done them. And we think we're just going to have this night of prayer and we're going to have this night of intercession. But we knew it was going to be different. Lord, just, we are clean slates. Show us what intercession is. Show us what was happening in your heart when you said, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to change the outcome. (sighs) Yeshua is the word. Yahweh said, I'm going to send a word to change their outcome. Let us understand what it means to be forefathers and say, my word that I send forth is powerful enough to change an outcome. Man, we we have no clue. People hate America. And listen, people hate God. But that's because you're in an environment where you're free to do it. 
Hating America is a luxury. Lord, convict people's hearts, God, to realize Give us a love for our nation that came about because you changed the outcome. Father, give us even a new love for those people that hate this country. Give us a new love for them because they're just enjoying the luxury that they have because of your word. Bring them in here. Have us run into them all the time. And one thing I do, we're we're talking a lot about forefathers, but what I do know is when there's a birth that's about to happen, there needs to be some battle-tested mothers. There needs to be some mothers who know how to intercede. There needs to be some mothers that have been through the fire. And guess what? There's a four, there's a mother to many in this house that carries an anointing to replicate and duplicate mothers who can bring forth the life that, the, that Yahweh is trying to birth. Come on. There's some mothers in here that once that thing is birthed, once, once that thing is coming, that thing, they're going to know the timing. They're going to know what it needs. They're going to know what needs to happen. And that's why Yahweh is trying to get our households together. He's trying to get them together so that we work together as fathers and mothers. Come on. We're, we're like, we're still compartmentalizing everything. Why does he need our households united? Why does he need that mutual respect? Why does he need the church to understand that a wife is not supposed to just sit down and shut up? Because there's a glory that he needs to reside in this nation. He needs this this declaration of deliverance. There's gonna be family and there's gonna be glory all over it because women are mothering it. Maybe I shouldn't even talk about the birth process, but just, I almost feel like there's a conception right now. It's like this little flicker, this little blip. It's the size of a mustard seed. And I, and I've, I believe this with all of my heart, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and everything that we stand for. And I want you to know, as the father of this house, I believe every single ounce of it. And I would lay my life down a thousand times over because I believe that there is going to be something to that magnitude that this family is ushering in. The founding fathers were ordinary men. But they had an idea about freedom. They had an idea about liberty, but Yeshua was the original law of liberty. So what is Yahweh doing? What is he doing? Yeah, Lord, we just praise you. We just praise you and we thank you for this time of intercession together as a family.
we just we we don't know how to do it we're not perfect we'll struggle it's like you're giving us a bike we'll fall off we'll scrape our knees you'll give us a helmet but we receive it lord we receive it we receive it and i and and even though there may be families like ours this one is mine there's a lot of other people maybe like us but but these people that you gather together here are mine we're each others you could be at a lot of other places but god gave you this one let's embrace each other as we go through this process And Lord, we ask that you just continue to give clarity. You continue to teach us about intercession. Continue to use us in a way, Father, that would change the outcome. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.